Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Evan. How are you doing, Evan? What's up, man? Football's back. Falcons are back. We are so back. Uh, we are back. Yeah, we were back. Yep. Uh, football is back. Like you said, the Falcons win their opener against the Panthers. Um, pretty highly anticipated game, honestly. Probably the most hyped up Falcon season in a few years. And I um, guess we could just hop right into it. They win 24 to 10. Um, you know, kind of a slow game at first, but uh, things really picked up for the for the team in the second half of this one. But uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, what are your overall thoughts on the game? Because it's a pretty fun game, all things considered. Yeah, yeah, really fun game. Um, I was not having a lot of fun in the first half. I would say that uh, we came out pretty sluggish. Offense looked pretty weak. Um, but but yeah, Bijan Robinson's debut. Uh, very, very anticipating, um, you know, debut for, for sure. Um, you know, got, got a lot of new identity on defense and and, in the D line and secondary. So, um, yeah, this was a huge game, um, overall to get the dub feels great, man. First time, first time the Falcons are over 500 in five years. So say that five times. Yeah. As it was our first time winning our opener since 2017. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. It's been a pretty brutal run <laughs> for this team, but uh, it looks like there might be a light at the end of the tunnel here. So we can uh, hop right in. Um, Atlanta gets the ball first um, after Carolina defers uh, on the coin toss. And the first drive was pretty hilarious. A three and out for a negative six yards. And uh, Desmond Ritter completes a pass to himself that he bounces off of. I think it was Matthew Bergeron's helmet. Um, and that was uh, his first completion of the game. There was a minute there where he was three for three with completions for zero yards. So, uh, yeah, it was a kind of a funny start, not necessarily encouraging, but uh, things got better kind of for Ritter. We'll talk about him more in detail later. But, uh, yeah, what did you think of just the start offense? Really just the first two drives, eight plays, you know, both punts. And, uh, yeah, not not great, but um, still no one was freaking out yet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was pretty hilarious to look in the the bottom right hand corner of the screen and see that, um, you know, Ritter was two for two, but he had like negative three yards, I think, after two passes yeah. or, or something like that. So, uh, pretty hilarious stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, just just fantastic stuff. I I really thought we would run the ball maybe more, um, you know, just just to get our feet under us. But you know, they came out slinging it, and you know, as you can tell, that was just. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of hilarious that the first pass. Um, but yeah, you you're getting some nerves out. I mean, that's expected. So, uh, you know, just, just kind of funny, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't uh, nothing crazy. I mean, Caroline didn't do much early either. Uh, on their second drive, Bryce Young does a pick to Jesse Bates, who uh, we'll talk about more later, but he had a whale of a game. I mean, that set up uh, the first score of the season for the Falcons, set them up a good field position at the Carolina 17-yard line. And, um, yeah, probably the most electric play of the game happened right here on third and four. Desmond Ritter throws a screen pass to B. John Robinson, and he has a very impressive touchdown, one of his first touches in 
the NFL and uh, makes a couple guys miss, breaks a tackle or two, and scores an 11-yard touchdown to put the Falcons on the board, make it seven to nothing. So, what were your thoughts on that play? Because it was electric. You know, everybody was going crazy for this one for good reason. Um, just a taste of what Bijan can do, and uh, you know, for a guy he kind of had the training wheels on in this game with him a little bit. It was a uh, just a flying start for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shout out to Jesse Bates, man, uh, making an impact immediately. Uh, and, and putting the Falcons in excellent field position. So uh, shout out to Jesse Bates. He he, he really set Young up, uh, Bryce Young up well, and, and and just read him the whole way, really, and was just kind of creepy. So, uh, you know, getting that Bates picked, great uh, field position, and, and then and then Ritter hitting Bijan on that on that little swing play. Um, well designed. I mean, you give you give Bijan a, a, a glimpse of daylight and 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 that's just what he can do, man. And and that move was disgusting, um, and and you know makes one guy miss, and then and then makes two guys collide into each other, and then gets in the end zone. Just disgusting. Uh, and 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 that's just uh, you you can't can't think of a better way to start it off. That was just pitch perfect. Um, yeah, just stoked. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, just finally get to see him in a real game that matters with the Falcons. And like, it was just, it was an awesome play all around. So yeah, we can move on uh, from there. A couple more punts from both teams, but the Panthers do go on a pretty solid drive. 12 plays, 75 yards, ends in a touchdown. Hayden Hurst kind of had his way with the Falcons early on in this one. A um, little revenge game for him, but uh, yeah, Bryce Young got his first touchdown pass to Hurst, tie the game up at seven. And then Hurst threw his first touchdown pass into the seats, which was pretty funny. Then they'll get the ball back, but uh, still, <laughs> Not, not, uh, definitely wasn't going through Hurst's mind that that was his first ever touchdown. So, yeah, and that pretty much takes us to halftime game tied at seven to seven. And at this point, you know, honestly, I was not, um, it wasn't filled with optimism because it was just seven seven. Only real bright spot was just that, uh, few play sequence between the Jesse Bates pick and, uh, Bijan's touchdown. Other than that, there wasn't a ton to get excited about. So I kind of thought the second half might set up to be disappointing. I don't know about you. What were you thinking at halftime? Yeah, at halftime, I was thinking, um, okay, why are we not running the ball more? Uh, Bijan had five carries at halftime. That's just kind of unacceptable to, at the rate he was rushing it. Um, and, and the pass attempts were just bleh. Like, I, I think Kyle Pitts had a target. Um, Mac Collins had a catch. I mean, it was just, like, super bleak on offense, man, and, and, and really – you know, the, the times we scored was just set up from Jesse Bates and, and, and giving us some good field position. So, um, yeah, this, this one was, you know, not very promising. I, I was really hoping that, uh, you know, in the second half thing, offense would, you know, piece together some drives and, and actually, you know, drive the ball. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, that, that's kind of how I felt at halftime. I felt, I felt like defense was playing good. Uh, defense was fine on both ends. Um, Carolina as well and so um this this one was going to be a, a gritty match and you know I was expecting it to be a lot closer to be honest yeah for sure and uh start out the second half the Panthers did go up uh taking their only lead of the game first drive out of the out of the break uh kick a field goal to go up 10 to 7 and then um on their next the Panthers next drive Jesse Bates again uh picks off Bryce Young this one was actually just a terrible play by Bryce Young he just I guess he just didn't see Bates at all and just kind of threw it right to him and uh, set the Falcons up great again um, at the Carolina 36 
weren't able to do anything on offense, only getting five yards uh, before having to kick a field goal, but still something tied the game up from 10. And uh, from that point on, it was pretty much all Falcons. Next Panthers possession, Jesse Bates, that man again, forces a fumble. And uh, Atlanta capitalizes, goes down, scores a touchdown. Tyler Algier, who we haven't mentioned yet, had an incredible game uh, with a couple touchdowns. That was his first right there. And then, um, yeah, later on, another Tyler Algier touchdown, twenty, make it 24 to 10. And, uh, yeah, really, and this one was set up by an awesome throw and catch from Ritter to Pitts that uh, set him up inside the 10, probably outside that Bijan play, probably the play of the game, just an awesome throw from Ritter. Kyle Pitts actually got interfered with, and he still caught it with the flag being thrown. So just super impressive all around. And, yeah, that's kind of all she wrote. I mean, Tyler Algier kind of went off in the later in this game. You know, Ritter settled in more. We'll talk about him in a second. But, yeah, you got any more thoughts on the just really the rest of the game before we get into the, the details of the players? Um, I mean, to kind of turn into the Tyler Algier show towards the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jesse Bates with two more turnovers in the second half just – he was a ball hawk all over the field. Um, and, and yeah, after getting set up back-to-back like that, uh, Algier punches him in. Just solid, hard-nosed football. Um, you know, I, I am just a, a little concerned, like, um, you know, looking at the game in general. Like, um, you know, w- w- what's going to happen if, if we, we get behind? Um, yeah. Does, does Ritter have the ability to – um, you know, make the throws and, 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 and bring us back in the game. So that's, that's a big question for me. I, I just, I got to see more from Ritter, man, um, honestly. Um, but I, I know he we really didn't have to use him all that well. And that, and that's, you know, I think that's the Falcons game plan is, is run the ball until it doesn't work. And, and, and then, um, but yeah, but I, I think just game flow will, will matter a ton for the Falcons, but um, I mean, overall, man, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased. Defense was excellent, and you know the, Fal- uh, the, the Falcons' offense did enough, and so I'll take that all day. Yeah, I mean they did enough. I mean more than enough. They won by two scores. Uh, and yeah, we can hop right in and talk about Ritter. Uh, trying to pull up his stat line real quick. Yeah, he goes fifteen of eighteen, which on his face that uh that's good. You know, one touchdown, but only one hundred and fifteen yards. Uh, literally half of his attempts were behind the line of scrimmage. So you went nine behind line of scrimmage and nine over. <laughs> so it kind of shows that training wheels are on with him too. Um, I saw people, a lot of people bringing up that uh, he only played one drive in the preseason. So maybe he wasn't fully comfortable. And that's that's, that's always kind of a thing. First week of the NFL season, um, a lot of teams weren't comfortable offensively. As we were watching a lot of the games on red zone, just like league-wide, offense was kind of down. Everybody was a bit rusty. And um, yeah, it was just kind of a weird performance. Nothing super encouraging, really, except for that one throw to Pitts, honestly. Um, but that, that was that was a nice throw. That was the only attempt of the entire game from Ritter that went more than twenty yards. So, kind of that was kind of on Arthur Smith too. Um, not really letting him eat. But um, yeah, what you what do you think of uh, just kind of kind of being a little conservative with him? Doesn't seem like they really have full trust in him yet. Yeah, I mean, when you have the same amount of targets as the QB, as you do your wide receiver one, uh, Drake London, they both had one target. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just insane to me. Um, it, it, they were definitely conservative. I mean, you know, Bijan only had 10 rushes. Uh, Algier led the team, and, and both of the both of them ran the ball well. And so I guess uh, when you have that and, and, you know, when you get Patterson back, you're, you're going to lean heavy on the run game until you don't have to. 
Um, so yeah, that's my concern. You know, if we get down, can we, <clears throat> can we kind of, you know, press the gas button a little bit and, and, and win through the air? I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of that. I think, I think, like I said, I think the game flow is just going to be so dependent on, um, on what's, what, what, what a Ritter has to do. So, um, yeah, like, like super conservative this week. Um, but, but Ritter was accurate and he did enough. So, um, you know, don't turn the ball over is kind of his motto and, and, you know, make, make some third down conversions when, uh, when you need to, we saw that with Pitts and, and, and with Matt Collins there. So yeah, he's really just not doing too much. I, I, he's kind of on a leash. You can tell, I mean, like obviously, um, with only one pass attempt over 20 yards, like, uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. And there's a Arthur Smith quote, um, from after the game, someone asked him about the passing offense and he said, I promise you that'll get cleaned up. So maybe next week, um, maybe they say what they wanted to see him in game, see what they got and tweak some things this week in practice. But, uh, yeah, that, it was just a mixed bag. I mean, it's hard to really do anything with it, like to get super stoked on a Ritter. He wasn't a disaster by any means, but it was just, uh, yeah, like training wheels. Training wheels is what it seems like. Same with Bijan. Um, like you said, Bijan only got 10 carries, um, 56 yards, though, which is pretty good. And um, he also led the team in receptions with six with the receiving touchdown and uh, 27 yards through the air. Uh, like you said, Algier, 15 carries for 75 yards, two touchdowns. And I mean, yeah, the run game as a whole was awesome. 26 carries for 130 yards. I guess it's going to be this team's MO. Um, Cordero Patterson wasn't even out there either, so they weren't even at full strength. Um, as far as receivers, Pitts had two two catches for 44 yards on three targets. Um, did have the one awesome catch. That was uh, kind of a like I circled that one because, um, you know, just – kind of showed his potential there really for both the guys, but Pitts is just kind of a freak and he can get places pretty quick and make catches. A lot of guys can't um, Holland's three for 31 and uh, Algier three for 19. Um, and then, yeah, you said Drake London, one target, zero catches, zero yards. So uh, yeah. What were your thoughts on the skill position guys um, of just their overall stat lines? Cause none of them really went crazy, crazy. I guess Algier did and, and Bijan was solid, but uh, Algier definitely went crazy for his standards actually. So um, yeah, what do you think about those guys? Yeah, I mean, we knew the run game. It, this 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 stat sheet looks identical uh, to last year with the run game just being so good and um, efficient is the word. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 passing is just it's pretty bleak. Um, I, I think we pretty much just covered all of that. Like, yeah. Ritter was on a leash and and um, game flow wise, it just it didn't really call for the pass and not. I think just keep running it till it doesn't work. And um, yeah, I mean, we, you can tell as definitely during the second half, the, the play calling was just completely different. 180 swap. Um, you know, as, as soon as we went up, it was like, all right, Algier, you're, you're getting fed. I mean, with, with <clears throat> Jesse Bates, two turnovers, giving us, giving us field position, there's no need for, you know, slinging the ball around, I guess, just kind of doing, doing the boring stuff and, moving on i mean that's really just a really boring game to be honest (laughs) um if you like big plays and stuff this this was not the game for you so yeah uh, but but we did just enough and i'm super pleased man falcons want to know like i'll take that all day long and i mean bryce bryce young was like in the second half i I know the sacks don't show it uh, with only two but he was pressured a lot in the second half and um 
as you can tell, the, the, the running game for the Panthers wasn't bad, but um, there was nothing going in the second half at all. So I'm, 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 Hey, I'm super pleased. I think, I think it, it'll only go up from here. Um, the, the leash will, you know, be removed. Like, like Arthur Smith said, expect some change. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm fine with this. Yeah, it was definitely felt like a step in the right direction, even if it wasn't the most sexy win. And, uh, you know, really only explosive plays were really like the picks. Jesse Bates made three of the biggest ones, and then the Bijan play, really. Um, there wasn't a ton of shots, like we mentioned. Um, I, even for Bryce Young, from the Panthers' standpoint, I think he only probably had a couple of attempts over 20 yards, too. Uh, so, yeah, it was definitely two teams that are just trying to figure things out, and you could kind of – tell by watching this game but yeah definitely definitely something to build on for sure i mean they took care of business one by two touchdowns um and i think overall just just nice nice win nothing crazy but definitely they seem serious which is uh, something they're not always so they had my interest now they have my attention so uh yeah i guess we can uh look ahead to next week uh, with the packers pretty interesting matchup they're coming to mercedes-benz Right now, Vegas has the Packers as a point and a half favorite. So what do you think of that? Do you think uh, Falcons should be favored at home there or what? Kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Jordan Love looked pretty good last last week. So did. Uh, I'm, I'm, hey, you know, I, I don't think we should be the favorites until we are like, you know, until we get this win. Like, Honestly, we need something to go off of, and in the last five years, is you don't really have much. So, yeah, completely fine with being the underdogs. I actually prefer that. Um, but yeah, I mean, tough task to be honest with the Packers. They look good. I don't think they are going to have as big as a drop off as you might think they have uh, after losing Aaron Rodgers. I, I think Aaron Rodgers was average at best last year, um, and and you know Jordan Love sat behind him for so long. I think he's, I think he's real. I think he's a, a threat and. You know, I think Christian Watson will be back next week uh, for the Packers, and so they'll have some more weapons. And um, we know their defense is no joke. They have a you know really good head coach and scheme, good running game. It's it's going to be a real test for the Falcons. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited to uh, you know this this feels good. Like one and zero over five hundred, and you got a, another solid young team coming in, and it, it's it's going to be a good one. Like uh, you, you circle this and. It's a much it must must watch television for sure. I'm I'm stoked, man. Yeah, two teams that are kind of in similar boats with their quarterback situations. You know, Bryce Love or yeah, Bryce Love, Jordan Love, um, looked a little bit better than Ritter last week, um, but still, I think it's going to be a good game either way. Uh, right now, I know Aaron Jones is questionable for the Packers, so that could be uh pretty decisive. And maybe the Falcons will have Cordero Patterson back, so that could be a pretty big swing. Um, but but yeah. I mean, you know, the Falcons, they're, they're sometimes are a little more entertaining, even though uh, it's been like a bad form of entertainment over the past few years, and they kind of just went boring good. They're usually kind of exciting bad. <laughs> so um, I'll take that switch up, though, for sure. Um, and, yeah, definitely something to build on. Bijan looked impressive. You know, there's some flashes here and there from uh, Ritter and Pitts. Um, and then, yeah, the defense was good. I mean, now, pass rush wasn't going really crazy in the first half, but they did get some pressure, like you said, in the second half. Jesse Bates um, with a really nice debut with the team. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that's all for the Dirty Birds. It was really calm, cool, calm, and collected Falcons segment. 
which it usually isn't. <laughs> so Facts, uh, it, it feels good to have some, uh, you know, stabilization and yeah, and uh, in the organization, man. I, I you know, it's it's been a while, and you know we can finally rejoice. We are above five hundred. Um, yeah, and we got legit. We got legit games coming this year, and and man, I, I'll just say the vibe watching watching on tv the vibe was was different watching the crowd get into it and you know have some excitement i think they were pretty lame after the first quarter to be honest it kind of <laughs> seemed out of it maybe maybe because there's just so much to do in the stadium that they were just kind of out of it but um it was it was a close game up until the third quarter um and and, and falcons pulling away just feels good man football's back in the a and and you know we're gonna be rocking next week yeah, I think for sure that Packers game will a little more juice. Uh, probably a little more Packers fans in the building too, uh, oh, yeah. than uh, than Panthers fans. But um, yeah, next week's gonna be like a real test. Like it's going to kind of be a measuring stick game. You know, next week and uh, the week after, with we go to Detroit to play the Lions, who just beat Chiefs in an Arrowhead. So these next two games are definitely going to give us an idea of uh, what this team really is. Because I mean, let's be real, the Panthers are not good. <laughs> Um, they took care of business still. It's not like they squeaked one out. Uh, they still like beat them pretty thoroughly. So uh, nothing, uh, nothing to really uh, shame them for. But yeah, the Panthers aren't good, and um, they took care of business. So yeah, we can we can move on from the Falcons and uh, talk about the Braves. Uh, the Braves have also kind of entered into. I don't know about you, but for me, they've kind of entered a kind of a boring stretch. <laughs> um. Nothing really crazy excited about. Uh, there will be in the next couple of days. They are on the verge of clinching the NL East. Uh, magic number is down to four. So uh, actually, if they win tomorrow and Wednesday in Philadelphia, they will win the division. So they could do it in the next couple of days. I think most likely they'll probably do it this weekend in Miami. But uh, yeah, right now they're 94 and 50, 15 games up on the Phillies. And, um, you know, they had. Uh, not a great week, actually. They lost two out of three uh, to St. Louis. They did take two out of three against Pittsburgh, and then today they had a doubleheader with the Phillies, and they split. So, um, yeah, I mean, we don't have to deep dive into any of these games because it the it seems like the Braves have kind – they're not phoning it in, but they are definitely starting to uh, – you're starting to see the gears turning of playoff preparation more than going balls to the walls, trying to win every regular season game. So what are your, what are your thoughts on this stretch? And we got a couple more weeks of it, um, of them just, they're, they're trying, but they're not like trying, trying. So like, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're in cruise control right now. There's no doubt about it. They are just, um, the resting pitchers, they're giving everyone a day off. Um, it seems like they're making, you know, one to two transactions a day. Throwing guys yeah. on IL and, and and bringing up somebody and, and sending someone down, and it's just a it's just a fun little loop. And you know, you know, honestly, um, not not too much to be worried about at all. I mean, no, <laughs> you're clinching you're clinching the <clears throat> division this week, and um, really, you, you you want to go in the playoffs with a little bit of momentum, but it's kind of hard to when you're just too good and and. You know, yeah. I think just give some give some guys some days off. And um, I, I think really the last week of the regular season, you, you kind of need to be ramping things back up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, you can't just shut everything off completely because, um, you, you know, we kind of know what happens with that. I mean, teams teams never set out well. Sometimes you need to be hot going in uh, to the playoffs and, 
know, keep it rolling. But uh, yeah, we're we're in cruise control right now. Not much to to really hit on. I mean, some some cool accomplishments for sure. Um, yeah. But but you know, I think I think Ronald he's he's definitely he- heading for uh, forty bombs, and and Olson hit fifty today. So. Um, I think Olsen's good with that and, and they might be chasing a little bit, but let them chase and, and, and try to beat some records, honestly. Yeah. Ronald is on pace for 40. Um, he's at 36. Now he had a home run today and gained one of the double header hit, uh, hit one against the pirates. I know he hit, he hit two or three against the Cardinals. So he had like, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, like how Ronald hasn't gone like on a home run tear this year and at least the start of that Dodgers series. He has, I think he has what, like seven something like that in the past like week and a half or whatever it's been. So he's kind of went on one of those tears and that's set him up for 40. Cause I know a couple weeks ago I was thinking like, he's not going to get 40. He's probably going to finish with like 35 and I was at 36 with 18 games left. So seems pretty likely he's going to get 40, 70 cause he's at 65 steals now too. So that's, I mean, that's just insane. I mean, we've, we've kind of, uh, I guess kind of gotten numb to the season he's having. Just because we just talked about it so much and kind of at nauseum of just how good they are and how good he's been. But, you know, I think when it's all said and done and when he does get when and if he gets 40, 70, it's going to be like a holy shit moment of just like 40, 70 is it's insane. It's video game stuff. I know the bases are bigger and people love bringing that up. But I mean, even if you take away 20 swipes, he's going to go 40, 50. (laughs) So and that's never been done either. So like if the bases were regular size, I, I swear he still hit, he still steals at least 40 easy. So, um, and then Matt Olson too. I mean, good Lord, that dude, two homers today in game two. Um, and he's got 50 one away from tying Andrew Jones for, uh, the Braves record two away from breaking it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was looking at this one thing, um, the Braves to really show how the Braves are kind of, uh, taking things easy. I think I saw they've started like like eight starters, eight different starters in the past 11 games. Like it's been <laughs> Vines, Winans, Kyle Wright came back today, Dylan Dodd, Freed, Strider, Morton. Like all these guys are coming up and uh, making starts. And uh, yeah, it's um kind of funny. They're really giving guys days off, especially pitching-wise, pushing guys back, um, which they absolutely should do. I know today. Uh, game to the doubleheader, Ronald was the DH. That was the first time he had not played right field all season. <laughs> so yeah. they're definitely doing the right thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to see. Like, um, they clinched the playoff spot officially. They did that on Sunday. So they're in the playoffs. Um, even though there was no worry of them not being in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, these next couple weeks are going to be a bit boring. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I think, I think you just, you just need to look at the records, see, see what, uh, see what records can be broken. Um, you know, Matt Olson, maybe 60, uh, Ronnie, obviously 40, 40, um, the all time home run record for the team. They're on pace to break that. I think it's two Oh six. I think they're like 20 away. Is it three Oh six or three Oh six? Yeah. Three Oh six, not two Oh six. My bad. Um, yeah. And they're, they're like 20 or something away. I don't know the exact number, but they're on pace to break that too, which is that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Uh oh yeah yeah just uh I thought about this earlier um I don't know if you watched game one where Bryce Harper hit the game tying homer in the bottom of the ninth but that's when it really hit me of how things are just don't matter that much anymore when he hit the homer I was just like oh yeah like, <laughs> like, whatever they ended up winning the game which was cool it was like I was happy about it but like if that happened 
even a month ago, I'd be like, oh my God, this is awful. But I, I literally said to myself, I am not going to worry myself with this when there's going to be so much worry a month from now. Oh, yeah. I can't, I cannot, like we went to the game on Saturday and uh, they got, they got beat pretty good. Honestly, Dylan Dodd started and he kind of got rocked and we, we just did not really care. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of that point, which it kind of sucks. Cause I guess it's kind of from like compared to last year at this time when every game meant so much and every night was just a roller coaster of emotions to a year a year later where it is um you know even the one seed is pretty secure i mean i don't think the dodgers are going to catch us because they really haven't been balling out lately so yeah it's uh it's it is what it is you know it's it sounds kind of spoiled of us like yeah things are so boring with this best team ever right now but kind of it's kind of true I've never felt this um, before. <laughs> so <laughs> It feels nice. I mean, it's kind of weird. It is. Yeah, it is. It, it is. You don't really have to care, but it, it you know, it's weird. It really is. Yeah. I'm trying to think of just anything else. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess we should, we should talk about Kyle, right? He pitched tonight and he wasn't very good, um, but he had only pitched eight innings of, of rehab, worth of rehab assignments. Um, let me pull up his final line. Um, he kind of got knocked around. It wasn't looking the ball well, um, but you know he kind of settled in a little bit, so nothing too bad to worry about. Uh, yeah, do you have any thoughts on Kyle Wright? Um, not really. I mean, like you said, three innings, six hits, six earned runs, two walks. I mean, he was just yeah. getting he was just getting smacked around. Um, yeah. Yeah, like. Um, you know, he was definitely on a pitch count and, and, you know, he kind of got called up last minute for this start. Uh, some, some were saying it was going to be him. Some, some were saying it was going to be, I don't even know, but you know, this wasn't really expected. So uh, it's good to have him back. Like that's, that's really yeah. all, you can, all you can take from this start. And um, you know, get, he's got to get his feet under him. Uh, so hopefully he'll use this last month to get into rhythm, start pitching every five days. You know, you know, they're going to, they're going to let him work through it. So, um, you know, we need him for the playoffs. And so, you know, shake this one off and, 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 you know, be ready in five days because it's going to be your turn again. Yeah. He's got some time to work things out and just to kind of put things in perspective with him, he's pitched 21 and two thirds innings this year. And uh, the last time he made a start for the Braves, the Braves had 20 wins and they came into a start today with 94. So he hadn't pitched in a very long time. He'd only pitched eight innings of rehab in the minors. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to crucify him. His numbers are hideous this year. He's got a 7-4 ADRA. Like I said, he's only pitched in 21 innings. So he's he's got some time to get that down. And, yeah, he'll probably be able to make three, maybe four more starts. And, uh, yeah, kind of assess it and see what his role could be in the playoffs if he has one, you know, there, I mean, there's a world where Wright's just, he can't find it this year and he's just not part of the picture. Um, that's yeah. completely on the table. And, uh, you know, it's not really his fault necessarily. I mean, he's been hurt multiple times this year. Like I was saying with Dylan Lee, Dylan Lee has been pretty bad since coming back. He's had a bad outing uh, today. Trey Turner hit a home run off of him. I know against St. Louis, he gave up a homer then to a three run homer. So he's been kind of bad. Like same with him. He could just, like there's a world he got sent down today actually to bring up Kyle Wright. So there, there's definitely a world where he's not part of their playoff plan. So um, yeah, um, I guess that's one thing we can look forward to soon. We can really start getting into the nitty gritty of the playoff roster and who's going to be on it. Who's not, 
Um, you know, when Nick Anderson and Chavez come back, we'll see what they got. Um, Jake, you just never know. These guys have been hurt for so long. Really, all of them, Lee, Wright, Chavez, Anderson, they could come back and just not be as good as they were. So we will see. We will see. That's one thing to look out for. Still a couple injuries. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're hitting well. Michael Harris is on a really good stretch. Um, shout out to him. Had hit two homers today, one in game one, one in game two. Uh, Matt Olson's insane. He's one dotting now. Him and Acuna both have OPSs over a thousand. So pretty wild stuff. And uh yeah, I think I think that's it. Yeah, I think I think covered all the Braves, all the Falcons. Um yeah, I mean, pretty boring win for the Falcons. Pretty boring week for the Braves. I mean, they're just playing insignificant baseball right now. They're just too good. Our teams are so boring, man. This is bullshit. But boring is good, man. Like, <laughs> like honestly, they're so good. It's, I'm just so bored of them. <laughs> the Falcons are so good already. I can't even like. I can't even think to care about a regular season game. <laughs> we we honestly thought that um, this game was going to be a 10-10 tie. Like uh, it seemed like that early. That's how it, it was. Felt. Yeah. It felt like both of these teams were about to just be ass, and the Panthers were. I mean, they stayed at ten. They they stuck to the script, but uh, <laughs> the Falcons had other plans. Um, thankfully, um, so yeah, I think now we we can move into our awards. Um, Jock Pearson of the week, Vic Beasley of the week. I have the honor of going first this week for my Jock Peterson, and kind of a layup. I guess I guess there's there's a few good options, but I'm going to go with Jesse Bates. Um, great debut for three turnovers, you know, uh, huge contract this off season. He was our biggest free agent acquisition and, um, he showed why he's, he got one of the biggest safety contracts of all time. And he had an all time debut with the team. And, um, saw someone tweet today that he's only 26 years old which, uh, in my head. He's like a 29 year old. Cause he's, he played for a good bit with the, with the Bengals. So, um, yeah, still a young guy, and he really balled out, and th- that was exciting. Like, he has a chance to just wreck, wreck things for this defense and be a nuisance for opposing uh, offenses. So, uh, yeah, shout to Jesse Bates. I know we talked about him a good bit earlier, but you know, awesome game from him. Yeah, he was ridiculous. Third, three turnovers in his debut for the uh, the Falcons. Um, I like that number three. That number three, he was all over the field. Um, I think we should pull up his stats a little bit and talk a little bit more about him. He had, uh, I think he had 10 tackles, um, two, uh, pass deflections, three turnovers. I mean, he was doing it all, um, yeah. and really took advantage of, of, of Bryce Young being a rookie. Um, he was reading him the whole game, and especially those two picks. They looked identical. Uh, he just yeah. right up the middle and, 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 you know, just great, great stuff from a vet. Um, and, and yeah, excellent, excellent pick. Yes, yes, I uh, I agree. That's why I picked him. So, so uh, the honor is yours now. Your Jock Peterson of the week. My Jock Peterson of the week is also the NL Player of the Week. It is Matty O. Bombs, Matty Olson, Slat Olson, Slat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, him. He um <laughs> he went off this week. So, like we said, he um he, he actually got the award before hitting two bombs today. Um, making it 50 even on the year. Um, just incredible stuff. He ends up going uh, 12 for 23, five home runs, six RBIs, nine runs, three walks, and he only struck out twice over a six-game span. Um, you know, just just pretty incredible. 
Um, this is the sixth player for the Braves to win the award this year. Eddie Rosario, Austin Riley, Acuna, Michael Harris, and Sean Murphy. So um, just insane stuff. Six different guys winning the award this year and uh, really carried the freight this week on a uh, you know, record-breaking week. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's an, I mean, we talked, I talked earlier about Acuna, how we're kind of getting lost of how good he is. And, um, you know, it's just kind of gotten regular to us. I mean, 50 home run season is no joke. I mean, he's only second Braves player to ever do it. And the Braves have played baseball for a really long time. I mean, Hank Aaron played for the Braves. He never did it. Chipper Jones never did it. Um, you know, only Andrew Jones has, and he's going to, he's going to fly by Andrew's record. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, really exciting i mean we we thought matt olson was going to be really good this year i don't think we could have imagined him being this good i mean this is unreal like we said like 40 bombs like he'll hit 40 home runs so he's going to hit like 55 homers if he gets really hot he might hit 60 if he keeps up with this pace so uh yeah like you said player of the week last year and i think he's the front runner player of the week this this week um two home runs and on monday (laughs) so great pick matt olson um is awesome and uh yeah, shout out to him. All right, time for some negativity. The bad guy of the week, the Vic Beasley of the week. And uh, mine is, uh, I guess we'll never take pleasure in handing this one out, but I, I don't take much pleasure in handing this one out. Um, I don't think it's entirely his fault, but I'm still going to give it to him. Drake London, zero catches. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he put up a donut. Um, a lot of guys put up donuts actually this week. I know T. Higgins did it. I know Dallas Goddard did it. Um, I know someone out there started all three of those guys in fantasy. And uh I want to pray for that man. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, I mean it isn't like I said, it is not entirely his fault, but he only had one target, but it is his fault to a certain extent, I guess. Um I, I know we were talking about this before we recorded. It was kind of hard to find one uh for this week. Um, but I'm just gonna go with London. I mean he is technically wide receiver one, and he had zero catches for zero yards. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drake London. And, you know, partially his fault, partially part, partially Ritter's fault, partially Arthur Smith's play calling. Yeah, uh, being absolutely atrocious in the first half. Somehow, um, Vic Beasley's fault too, it, <laughs> and Marcus Mariota's. <laughs> it's it's a mix of it all. Um, yeah. We're not putting the putting the blame on one guy, but we Kyle are. Kyle Shanahan too. <laughs> <laughs> we are putting the blame on Drake London. Yeah, that was rough, man. Um, yeah, we, like I like he just he just wasn't like on the TV <laughs> really at all. <laughs> no, no, yeah, not at all. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a that's an underrated pick, but it is, <laughs> it is worthy. I mean, he has like eight donuts right now on his stat line. So, um, you know, yeah, like you said, Ritter, Ritter had more catches than Drake London. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah that's insane yeah um so my big busy of the week i could go in a couple different directions but this one was so bad um that i'm that i'm actually going to break the rules a little bit um this happened okay. today uh, it happened today and it, it's more of an on, on a national um stage instead of just the atlanta but um today on the DraftKings app you could bet the um it was called the never forget parlay where it had oh lord new york mets to win versus arizona the new york yankees to win 
at Boston and the New York Jets to win over Buffalo. Um, just a disgusting act from DraftKings uh, to promote their parlay and their and their sports gambling app. Um, just absolutely hilarious. They they released a statement today on Twitter saying, "We sincerely apologize for the featured <laughs> parlay that was shared briefly in commemoration of 9/11." We respect the significance of this day for our country and especially for the families of those who were directly affected. Um, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that, which uh, that is that is crazy thing to do. And uh, just an update on if uh, I don't know if I guess you think if you bet it, you still get it because right now the Jets are losing so on the team right now. They're down by a touchdown. The Mets are winning by a run against the Diamondbacks. And the Yankees game got postponed till tomorrow because of rain. So <laughs> I don't. I guess if you still had it going, it kind of got nixed with the Yankees getting rained out. But uh, yeah, that's hilarious. I mean, it's like if FanDuel did the Osama bin Laden can't lose parlay <laughs> on 9-11. Um, but yeah, that's a good pick. Definitely off the map for sure. Was not expecting that at all because I missed that today on Twitter, I guess. But that is hilarious. Um, so yeah, good pick. Good pick. Uh, I got when I'm writing. I'm gonna write these down, and we'll go back a year from now. You pick um, DraftKings as your Vic Beasley for the 9/11 parlay. And never forget <laughs> parlay. That's that's incredible content. Um, so yeah, good pick. Good pick. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think um, I think that'll wrap things up on the episode. Um, went out went out with a bang. Uh, no pun intended. With <laughs> never forget parlay. Um, so yeah, uh, this week with the Braves, um, I guess, I guess next week's episode, they probably should have clinched if they haven't clinched by next Monday, something probably went wrong. Um, but I guess if they actually have a bad week and clinch at home, instead of on the road, that'd be cool. Yeah. That means that I have to lose like the next two games probably and two out of three against the Marlins or something. But, uh, yeah, more than likely they will have their sixth straight in at least title uh by this time next week which is cool kind of crazy it's a crazy run they're on um and yeah next week talk about the falcons packers big game pretty good uh pretty good measuring stick game for the falcons see how good they are so uh yeah you got any uh any hot takes you want to get off your chest before we get out of here nah man uh we'll be talking about packers next week um super excited to see what they look like with the new qb new qb in town and um yeah Stoked to see the the A rocking uh, when the, the Packers come in town and yeah, like you said, the Braves will they'll be all clinched up this time next week. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty boring stuff going on uh, for the Braves, but exciting stuff for the Falcons. Um, yeah, both both in good ways. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I get. I really like the when they clinch the division. That is truly going to be the last exciting regular season game for the Braves. So. Um, I guess be ready for that. Um, but other than that, I think uh, I think we covered it all. So if you made it this far listening, we really, really appreciate it. And we will see you in the next one. 